to win souls. So I'm just really believing for a harvest. And it's amazing, we've got over 140 churches represented across the country. And uh, yes, I'm excited, but you know, my excitement is, I wanna see people saved now. We've invested this time training. But you know what, when we talk about evangelism, we don't just want training, we don't want projects. We want people to make it the culture of their life because it's the culture of the house that we come from. And I just want to give a massive welcome to those who are watching at home, sitting in your garden, drinking an orange juice, watching me. Um, And those that are here in the beautiful Empower Center uh, where it's just lovely and warm and uh, exciting. So we want to talk about a culture of evangelism. And when we talk about developing culture, what we're doing is we're talking about being deliberate in what we want the culture of our house, which is God's house, his church, but specifically family church, what we want it to be like. Now, we've often taught on culture, and one of the things that we've heard about culture many times is that every, every church has a culture. Um, it's whether it's by default or design, because everybody has a culture, every household has a culture, but some cultures are built into households, including God's household and churches, just because people say, well, we've always done it that way, or this is what we've always done, and no one's questioned the culture. There's never been an architect to the culture. But I really believe that God wants us to be better than that, and he wants us to actually design the culture of our church so that we're not just doing things that we've always done them and we don't know why we're doing them but we're saying okay what does God want his house to be for this season what does God want his house to be in places that we're represented come on God's given us permission not to change the word of God not to remove the Holy Spirit but to look at things and say this needs to be not just something we do on Sunday but cultural in who we are as a church. Now, again, when we talk about the church, I'm sure you've heard me say it a thousand times now, the church is not a building, we have buildings. The church is not a service, we have services. The church is a community of people who have Jesus in common, who a community of people who are followers of Jesus Christ. That's the church, that's the unstoppable church. The devil's been trying to stop it for 2,000 years, and you just cannot stop it because you can't stop something that God is living in. Amen. And so when we talk about having a culture in the church, we're not talking about our meetings or our services. But whatever culture we have should be present in our services and in our meetings. What we're talking about is we want the culture of the church as in the people of family church. Those who call family church their spiritual home to have a common culture regarding certain things. Now that's not a controlling thing, it's not like we're going to tell you when you can eat cheese, or this day you can eat curry, and this day you're allowed fish. I mean, that's just weird and wacky. Um, We're talking about certain things that are key for kingdom uh, breaking out in our land. And so the next five weeks, last week we we heard about the culture of welcome from uh, Paula. Pastor Paula. Today I'm talking about the culture of evangelism. Next week we're looking at the culture of disciple making. Then we're going to be looking at um, the culture of worship. And uh, then we're going to look at the culture of serving. But what we're looking at in using the word culture, we're, we're not saying this is what we do at certain moments. What we're saying is this is who we are. And that's the separation between meeting, building, services and culture. With the other things like buildings and meetings, it's what we do when we're there a lot of the time. 
But when we speak about God's culture for his church, what we're saying is, no, this is who we are. Now say with me, when we're in the building together and when we're scattered and living our lives in daily life. So that's why we want to really uh, massage the thought of culture over assembling, all right? We're going to be assembling soon, looking forward to gathering together, really looking forward to all that stuff. But what we're talking about in these five key areas is not just what happens in a building on a Sunday or in a midweek meeting, but who we are as the church, the church of Jesus Christ. Now, you're the church of Jesus Christ wherever you go tomorrow. You're the church of Jesus Christ in your neighbourhood tonight. You're the church of Jesus Christ when you're in this building and when you're outside of that building. But we want the same culture. We want sameness in our lives so that when people bump into us in church, they experience the culture of God's house on our life. And when people bump into us in Tesco's, yeah. they experience the culture, yeah. or Waitrose, if you're a little bit more um, you know, classy there, or Waitrose, Tesco, Sainsbury's, wherever you want to shop. When people bump into us, they experience the same culture. They don't bump into us and go, oh, you seem different. You seem different. Yeah. Which means this is why we want to look at this subject of evangelism. And what is evangelism? Making Christ known to others. Um, it's being salvation, I call it salvation ambassadors. Now, when you're a soul winner, you're a salvation ambassador. You're carrying a message of salvation to every person that needs it. And that's why every believer should see themselves as a soul winner and should have a culture of soul winning that breaks some of the paradigms that we may have been raised in within church. And tonight I want to upset some of your status quo concerning what is evangelism, whose job is it, where is it done, and approach this as we come out of lockdown, just with a fresh passion. No, evangelism isn't going to be something we bring somebody in to do. We're not bringing in a guest evangelist. It's not what Pastor Andy does on a Sunday morning. Evangelism is us. It's who we are. It's a part of the DNA of who we are as family church, right? Now, I want to just read one verse to you tonight. If you turn your Bibles to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians. Now, this is a key verse, and I really believe um, it's a good verse to meditate on. I've been sharing this verse a lot in the Soul Winner courses, because it's a key verse. It follows on in that line where Jesus is, where, where Paul is talking about us being a new creation, um, not knowing each other any longer according to the flesh. Just really classic chapter. Chapter 5 of 2 Corinthians is a chapter worth living in for a while. All right, It really is. Because it reveals things like the new creation, being clothed in Christ, uh, you know, and all those things. But then it, towards the end, it kicks in in verse 18, where it just makes this statement, right? All this is from God. And what's he saying? He's just, in verse 17, been speaking of the new creation, how God takes a person and makes some brand new, old is gone, new is here. And then Paul just takes a breath and continues on. All this is from God, who has reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That's a great verse. And that's the verse that should be cultural in our hearts. Now it says, here's the message of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself 
in Christ. In what we see Christ do on the cross, what was happening? God was reconciling the world to himself because the world had become unreconciled through Adam. In Christ, the message of the gospel, which we all carry as a message of hope to other people outside the doors and the walls of the church, is good news, guys. God, in Christ, has reconciled the world to himself. But people don't enter in to the experience of it till they acknowledge and surrender to Christ. But when a person acknowledges and surrenders to Christ, that's not at that moment that God reconciles the world to himself. He did that once for all time, for all man, for all sin, in one moment on the cross. But when a person hears a message of reconciliation and accepts the invitation of reconciliation, they can come instantly into that which God prepared and did through his own son. Now it says here that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ not counting people's sins against them. That's Praise good news, God. eh? Yeah. God's not counting your sins. He's not sitting in heaven with a bunch of beads going one, two, three, four. He's not counting your sins against you. And then it says, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore God's, or we are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us We implore you, we beg you on Christ's behalf, be now reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. Isn't that awesome that we would know the righteousness of God in him? He who knew no sin, God made him who knew no sin, Jesus, to be sin for us, that we would become the righteousness of God in Christ. Brilliant chapter. Meditate. If ever you're thinking, oh, I'm losing my way with the Lord, medicate, uh, medicate, medicate on 2 Corinthians. It'll do you good. Best medicine you'll take. But what we want to look at there is the Lord saying to us two things there. We've received reconciliation through Jesus Christ. But also, we've become messengers of reconciliation to others. That's soul winning. We carry in our lives a message of reconciliation. It says, and we plead with you, be now reconciled to God. And people will say, well, what do I need to do to be reconciled to nothing? He did it all in his son. You enter in when you say yes and amen to what he's done for you. So I love those verses. But it says this, it asks this question, and it committed to us the message of reconciliation. So I suppose the question is, who's us? Who's us? Because the Bible says he has reconciled us through his son, Jesus Christ, and he's committed to us the message of reconciliation, that we would be his ambassadors on the earth, telling people, come on into what Christ has now done for you. Now, when we look at us, we need to understand that the us there um, is not church leaders. Yeah. It's not church leaders. It doesn't say, and the Lord committed or entrusted to church leaders the message of reconciliation. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say, and he committed to the apostles, or he committed to the evangelist or the pastor. It says, he committed to us. Now, the good news is, us is us. Us is us. Whether you've been saved a week or you've been saved like for 50, 60 years, us is us. Whether you're a leader in church or someone that just has been coming to church and recently found them, us is us. And the Lord has committed to us, that's me and you, same responsibility, the same invitation of reconciliation for a dying world 
And in the Great Commission, the Lord's saying, come on, leave for doors, leave for building. Begin to tell the people in your everyday world, in a natural way, that's true to you, the incredible invitation and message of reconciliation. That all the work's been done, come on in and enter in to the rest of God. What God's done. That's awesome, isn't it? Now, we need to make sure that this is cultural to us, not meeting-based. And again, this is where I want to upset or shift our understanding with evangelism a little bit and move it from a meeting or a service to being cultural in the lifestyle of who we are. Because I was raised in churches where it was like all the evangelism was done in a building on a stage at a certain time. Now, what I can see now, what God's trying to do is absolutely shake the status quo of that and say, no, come on, let's get evangelism off of the stage. This is the heart of Soul Winner. Let's get evangelism off of the stage because if evangelism is only on the stage, the only people that can experience it is those who come through the door. But if evangelism isn't on the stage, but it's in the life and in the culture of every believer, suddenly God has the culture of evangelism outside of the building, not just within it. So it's genius. The early church knew this. That's why they were committed to meeting in temples, meeting in synagogues, but also meeting in homes. Now, again, when you hear people say today, oh, I believe that the church shouldn't meet in buildings, we should, we should meet in homes like the early church. That's actually um, ignorance of culture. Because when it says that the disciples met in homes in Jerusalem, that wasn't in a, 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 in a room that held four people. They had courtyards that they met in and they were committed to meeting in the temples, in the synagogues, on the Sunday services, but also gathering together in courtyards where it was more than four people and a cat. (laughs) Now we need to understand God wants us to be powerful when we're in the temple together, in the service together, but also carrying a message of reconciliation. Anywhere that we go, whatever courtyard we find ourselves in, whatever gathering of people, whatever community of people. And again, the us that they're talking about in 2 Corinthians 5 is us. When that word says us, it translates to us. It means me and you, independent of what our role may be in the congregation. So we want to see evangelism move from just being meetings just being a moment in the Sunday service, just being a lesson or a classroom where people learn how to do it better, to being lifestyle in the heart of every believer. That's the heart of Soul Winner. Now we want, we want our people, we want the culture of family church <coughs> to be people who are go-getters and bringers. Go-getters and bringers. But what we see is our stage isn't where the salvation of the city happens. The altar in our, in our meeting places isn't the place where the salvation of the city happens. But more and more, what we do is we understand that if we're going to be cultural evangelists in the worlds outside the buildings, the stage needs to be a place where we're equipped and we're trained and we're taught how to do this and live a cultural evangelistic life. Does that make sense? Everyone yes, give me a wave yes, if yeah. that makes sense. Now that's actually nothing new. That's what was taught in Ephesians 4. Yeah. And we've gone over this a few times where it says, and God gave some to be apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers and evangelists for the work of the ministry, for training the saints for the work of service. Yeah. Now one of the greatest works of service that we have being alive on the earth as representatives of Jesus Christ 
is to be bringers and to go-getters. We're not locked into having a church experience that no one in the wider, the wider world that we have know that is a part of who we are. Yeah. So I'm really excited. As we yeah. come into this new season and we're looking at the culture of, uh, of welcome, we're making church a brilliant place to bring people to. We're yeah. looking at the culture of evangelism. We're looking at the culture of discipleship. We're looking at the culture of worship and, and servanthood. What we're saying is we're talking about us, the people, yeah. not the place we come to. Our lives, our daily worlds. Now, again, I just sense the Lord doing just an incredible shift that is actually messing up some of our previous understanding of evangelism and uh, what was done on stages. Now, we need to understand that the church is to be a place where people are equipped for works of ministry. Yeah. And that's a lot of what we're going to be doing in family church moving forward, is a lot more equipping, yes. helping people Amen. to discover what God's got for them and what God wants them to be doing. We yeah. could call that discipleship, and I know next week we're following on. But when it comes to the subsection of evangelism, we want to invest a lot of time, not just saying, bring anyone you know to me so I can share the message of reconciliation with them, but rather, you take the message of reconciliation to them, and then bring them to be a part of the family, and they'll experience a culture of welcome, a culture of discipleship, etc., etc. Now, our culture, um, our culture breathes beyond the building, I wrote here in my note. When, when, when something's cultural, it breathes beyond the limitations yeah. of what it may have done before. You see, when you look at certain, um, certain cultures that have come from, if I was to use example, the Filipino culture. Um, I love our Filipino family. I love our Filipinos who have come, a lot of them working in the hospitals. But one thing I love about our Filipino community is that they didn't leave their culture behind. And uh, they came to England and became English, came into our culture, but refreshingly brought their culture with them when they came. It's like if you go normally to uh, an English person's house for fellowship, you normally, you can pretty much guarantee it's going to be done within about an hour and a half. Uh, But if you go and eat with somebody uh, who's from the Philippines, it starts on Tuesday and ends next Friday. And people are coming and going and food's coming and new food's being cooked. And I remember when the Filipino family first came from the Philippines and joined family church, I was blown away because I was inviting them around and in my mind I was like, we'll be together for a couple of hours because that was my culture of hospitality. And then suddenly, not just with people from the Philippines, but different people from different parts of Africa and other cultures, what they did is, no, if you come to our house, you ain't getting away after two hours. You're going to sit there, there's going to be more food and more food. And, and suddenly I said, I like that culture better than the English one. You know, the English culture of every man's house is his castle and we shut our front gate. And I love the culture of, no, come on, let's just eat. Let's go on an eat fest that lasts about four days. You know, I'm so thankful for the other cultures that have come into England and become a part, a, a part of um, family church. And we're enjoying the culture. But in the same way, we need to understand that our culture affects the one that the Lord sends us into. So when we leave our house the place that we do life together, the place that we may do church together, training together, 
We don't leave our culture in a locker in the church or the school um, uh, corridor. Yeah. And say, oh, I'll get my culture out of the locker next week when I come back. But rather, no, we take the culture of who we are in the house, in yeah. the temple, yeah. into the courtyard that we're going to find ourselves that week. And in doing that, we'll be no different to what they did in the book of Acts, where they met daily, weekly in the temple, and they met together daily in each other's homes, or the courtyards of each other's homes. They were carrying a culture right. on Sundays, or Saturdays, but also on the Fridays, the Mondays, the Tuesdays. So what are we talking about? We're talking about a culture of evangelism is a missional life. A missional life. Where a lot of what we've done over the years in family church has been more attractional. As in, let's do this on our stage and see if we can get people to come. The big shift that we're sensing, I believe, in the lockdown, we've looked at ourselves in a new way and said, that model isn't working. So let's now begin to not only have an incredible environment to bring people to, but let's send the people, the church, out. With cultural evangelism as their lifestyle. Now, our culture um, is where we are. Like I said, when the Filipinos families came from Manila, and different parts of the Philippines to make home in England. There were certain things about English culture they had to understand. But like I said, I'm so thankful that they didn't lose their culture to become British. And in the same way, we need to make sure that we're carrying a culture of reconciliation, a culture of soul winning, a, a culture that cares that people will go in the hell. A culture that cares that when people die, if they've not received Christ, they go to a lost eternity. A culture that says you're missing out. God's made so much for you to know. You can't afford to miss out on it. This message of reconciliation, that God has reconciled the world to himself in Christ. Again, sometimes it's like we're all going to wait. It seems like we're waiting for for something God's still going to do. No, God's done everything he's going to do. He's done everything. He's done everything to reconcile or bring the human race into reconciliation with himself. All that's left, the only part of the person that's left is for them to believe. But then we come into that sequence of events that Paul speaks of. He says, how will they believe if they don't hear? Mm -hmm. Come on, remember that teachings of Paul in Romans? He He says, okay, how will somebody call out on the Lord if they don't know there's a Lord to call out on. How will they know that there's a Lord to call out on unless somebody speaks to them? How will someone speak to them so that they know that there's a Lord to call out on so that they can become saved unless people are sent? And the point of Paul was not for church leadership but for everyone that's a part of the church, you need to be sent. You need to be sent. And what we're looking at is um, that wherever we go, we're taking the culture of soul winning, looking for opportunities. Mm. I'm really praying over all of our family church folk that they would become opportunistic. Opportunistic. Now I'm talking about good opportunistic. But they would be people that are looking for opportunities. 
to bring the message of reconciliation into the life of people. But we carry a message. It's almost like when we leave our homes or we leave this place tonight, every one of us carry a document that announces that God has reconciled the world to himself through Christ. And we're looking for people to share that document with. But we're looking and we think, ah, that person, I don't think they know they've been reconciled. Excuse me, can I... Do you know you've been reconciled? That's great. What are we doing fulfilling what's asked of us in 2 Corinthians 5 when we're ambassadors that have been entrusted with a message of reconciliation? Yeah. You say, well, I don't know how to preach the gospel. You just need to tell people what God's done for you. Yeah, really you need to share your testimony, know your witness. But also understand the one thing that's said in 2 Corinthians 5 is he's entrusted to us a message of reconciliation. So let's make sure that we understand the message of reconciliation, which if you're born again, you should do because you've been reconciled. And now make what's happened for us, that's now become a culture of our lives available to others. Now, what happens there is basically, we develop the same culture in what would be termed a lot these days, the gatherings and scatterings. Yeah. So our church services don't get worse or less, but our scatterings become more significant. So that when we're together in church on Sunday, that's our gatherings. And in our gatherings, there's an evangelism culture. In our gatherings, when we gather together, we have a Bible school, Sunday morning, a midweek discipleship program. In the gatherings, there's a culture amongst us of evangelism. People need to know the Lord. People need the Lord. People need Jesus. People need Jesus. But also in our scatterings, what happens when we leave the temple or the place that we meet together? Like I said, we don't put our evangelism culture into a locker in the hallway. But we say, how exciting. Now I get to take the culture of evangelism that's a part of my life into the world I'm going in. Now we read in the book of Acts that the book of Acts had a moment of scattering that was caused by persecution. But the church was growing in Antioch and Jerusalem. The church was growing and it was getting bigger. And all of a sudden it says in the book of Acts that the church was scattered because a great persecution came about. But the good news is it doesn't say and the church was scattered and fell to bits. Or the church was scattered because of a great persecution and faded away because they couldn't meet anymore. What it says was, and the gospel was suddenly being preached all around the world to the four corners of the earth. Now, we don't want a persecution to convince us of the power of what we have in God when we're not together. We want to have that by revelation because we understand the power of a culture of evangelism. Where are you going to be scattered this week? We're gathered right now. Where are you going to be scattered this week? Yeah. We're going to be scattered this week. All of us. This, this, even this group, those who are watching online in your garden with your orange juice and those here. We're going to be scattered this week. I'm going to be scattered over that part of the city. You're going to be scattered over that part of the city. Yeah. We're going to be scattered around the city, not because of persecution, mm-hmm. but a culture of evangelism says, that's brilliant. God is no less God in my scattering. The message of reconciliation is no less a message and an invitation I've been given to carry in my scattering. 
Because if we just become passionate about the message of reconciliation when we're together, how's the world going to be saved? Now, it's not either or, which is the common enemy of most church people that get themselves into trouble where they try to do this or do that. No, let's have both. Let's have it all. Let's have a culture in family church when we're together and gathered that's passionate to see the unsaved saved, the lost found, the broken mended, and those who have not heard the message that God has now reconciled the world to himself through Christ, that we have a passion for them to know that. But we have an equal passion when we leave the building and we're scattered. What's that? What am I describing? A people who have made soul winning a culture. A people who have made soul winning, not an event, a moment, a service, but the culture of their life. That's a church that could change a nation. Because the buildings are no longer our prisons. The stages are no longer the moments we have. Life is our stage. And every conversation is our platform. And our message is very simple. If you don't know the message, just read 2 Corinthians 5. And God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not holding their sins against them, but now has committed to us the word or the message of reconcile. That he's sending us in to the unsaved world with a very simple message. Be now reconciled to God. And I hope that's kind of come over strong. Um, And as we do, again, culture, 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 whether it's evangelism, discipleship, worship, servanthood, it's something that we are, not something that we do. It is indeed something that we do, but the doing is the expression of our being. And we want to make church move from moments and buildings to the fibre of who we are. Yeah, that's good. But when you find us together, you find us in who we're meant to be. But when you find us alone, we're no different. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Come on, let's pray. Father, we want to thank you today for a culture of evangelism in family church. Lord, I thank you for those who are gathered tonight and those who are watching at home. Father, I thank you that we would see that evangelism is not a project, it's not an event, it's not a mission that we do every now and then on a Saturday morning. It's who we are. It's who we are. Every one of us are ambassadors that carry a message of reconciliation to a lost and dying world. Father, help us to gain this by revelation, we pray. For your glory, kingdom come. Amen. Super, love that. Thank you, Pastor Andy. Uh, really excited about coming back together again, the gathering. Um, I think we've learned a lot through the scattering that we've experienced uh, because of this virus. And, um, and I think one of the things that we've learned is, is that uh, we want to be really deliberate about what we're doing. And uh, what Pastor Andy was saying there is that... Um, you know, when we have this culture of evangelism, 
We're a people that are deliberate about bringing this message of reconciliation. And I love the fact that we've had so many people in the church through Soul Winner. Um, if anyone hasn't done Soul Winner yet, there will be further opportunities as the year goes on to do Soul Winner again. Um, and I think it's just so accessible. We've learned how to use uh, online stuff really well. Um, those that are watching, Southern Local online this evening, you're, you're obviously experiencing that right now. Um, but I think uh, there's a hunger in all of our hearts, isn't there, to, to be together again and to be gathered and to, to sing out and to just rub shoulders and give hugs and can't wait for any of that. I, I really, really am looking forward to it and I really hope that um, come the 21st of June, uh, the announcements go the way that we're hoping. Um, we're, we're planning for the best case scenario, but we're also ready to adjust our plans if the government um, don't quite open up as quickly as we're hoping. Um, but, you know, it's still the desire is, is, at least we're moving very much in the right direction now, which I'm pleased about. I just wanted to say that just about being deliberate, about being conscious um, of, of this this commission being ours. You know, we've been commissioned by Jesus to preach the gospel to the nations. We've been commissioned by Jesus to go and make disciples of all the nations. Um, and this, over the last couple of weeks, I've really been trying to think about that for myself. How can I um, be deliberate about doing this? And there's been a couple of occasions over the last couple of weeks that I've, because I've been thinking about it a lot more, um, I've taken the opportunities that I've had a lot more um, and uh, I've been selling some stuff on Facebook Marketplace, long story as to why I've been selling things um, and I won't go into the details right now um, but it was to fund something that I've bought. Um, you, you meant to sort of sell stuff first and then buy it after, aren't you? But I did it the other way around. You got in a little bit of trouble. Hi Carla, if you're watching. <laughs> anyway. Uh, what was I saying? Oh yeah, so but I've had people coming into my home um, who, you know, many, I think all of them so far haven't yet known Jesus, uh, but I've, uh, I've managed to, to get the gospel in there. I've managed to talk about Jesus um, to a couple of the people that have come and bought stuff. And, and it's really exciting. It, I've kind of got the buzz. Uh, got the buzz now. Um, and one conversation I had was um, with a guy that was brought up in India uh, in a Catholic background and um, he had so many questions about, he didn't get that there was a church outside of the Catholic church um, and he had so many questions and it was brilliant and I shared with him uh, the, the gospel and I gave him a red, Colin Eckhart red book and, uh, and my heart was just like, yes, uh, I want to do this more. And, and I pray that, that gets, it gets into the hearts of all of us um, in family church. I know it will. I believe it is definitely going to. Because it's just, it is, it's just starting to spread, isn't it? Yeah. So praise God. Thank you for watching online. Um, God bless you. Enjoy the rest of your evening in the sun, in your gardens, drinking your orange juice. Dan, you can just press the red button now. That'd be amazing.